Hello, and welcome to IOSH Magazine's podcast series. These podcasts will feature exclusive interviews with industry experts, behind-the-scenes discussions with members, and conversations with future leaders of the health and safety profession. In this episode, Carly Hughes and Matthew Cooper, both members of the IOSH Future Leaders Steering Group, discuss what led them to choose a career in health and safety, how they got into the profession, and what advice they'd give to those starting out in their first OSH roles. So thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Let's begin with how and why you got into the profession. Carly, what made you choose a career in health and safety? Thank you, Kelly. Um, So why did I choose a career in health and safety? So uh, when I was 17 years old, many years ago, I was studying my A-levels to hopefully become a paramedic. Uh, After studying my A-levels, doing lots of experience with St. John's Ambulance, volunteering at the local hospital, occupational therapy, A&E departments, um, I didn't get the grades needed to go to university to study to be a paramedic. So Rather than going to university and studying something that I didn't really like, I went down the employment route and got my first job as a health and safety administrator at a local offshore oil and gas company. And at 18 years old, obviously with lots of enthusiasm and drive, uh, from there I've worked up the ranks, working up as an advisor, as a coordinator, as an advisor and now as a consultant across many different industries over the past sort of nine years or so. And I feel like now it's gone full loop. So when I was 17, I, 18, I wanted to help people in that paramedic role, always wanting to help people being very hands-on. And now my job works at looking to prevent people potentially from needing an ambulance, uh, but in a very proactive manner. So yeah, that's how I got into my role, sort of by by default, really, by not going to university um, and sort of following my heart, still being able to help people, but in a more um, a more proactive manner. Thanks, Carly. Matthew, you chose the apprenticeship routes. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, to start with, I more fell into the role than actually aimed for it. Um, I used to be a supervisor. I didn't have much awareness of health and safety, but I did have some responsibilities, and that inspired me a bit when I saw the job advertisement. Um, so one of the massive benefits of being on an apprenticeship is it's a set program, and I learned skills from experienced people, sort of gently eased into it. I've constant access to guidance from manager and my tutor. Uh, with, again, lower expectations. It gives me time to develop um, with a varied learning experience. I've got practical application. I also do in-classroom learning. I've got coaching and shadowing to do. And I think one of the biggest benefits is there's no cost to entry. Brilliant. So can you tell us more about your current roles? Um, Carly, do you want to go? Thank you, Kelly. So my role at the moment is a health and safety consultant at She Advises, We are based in Ipswich and we span up the east of England, so Norfolk, Suffolk, Essex, but we venture all across the UK. We deliver training, we deliver consultancy services and we deliver audit services as well. 
So my current role as a consultant, uh, my role is to engage with businesses, look at their health and safety management systems, identify where they currently are performing and implement action plans together and advice to assist them in becoming more compliant or to achieve compliance within their relevant industry. So my industry that I specialise in or my area of competence is within the construction sector. So I've got clients that are carpenters, electricians, house builders. I've got some clients who uh, manufacture pet food. I've got clients who are wine merchants. It's very diverse. Um, but we very much work together as a team and pull on each other's um, competencies to assist our clients from a consultancy and training perspective. Sounds really interesting. Matthew, can you tell us more about your current role? Uh, yep. So currently I work in the waste management industry. Uh, we're a glass recycling company. Uh, as an apprentice, my job isn't as interesting. Uh, I'm covering a lot of the basics, such as reviewing and creating risk assessments, general auditing. I've done some occupational health monitoring, such as noise and dust. Um, being an apprentice, it gives me a lot of time to be with specifically shop floor staff. So I do a lot of talking, a lot of consulting just to try and work out the problems that we have and make uh, corrective action. Um, one of the big parts of being an apprentice is that I have to complete a project. Um, so in this case, I'm leading it to make improvements in the workplace, specifically around fire safety. Um, so as part of that, I've been reading into a lot of regulations recently, going around making sure all the procedures are in place uh, and just reviewing the equipment that we've got on site to make sure we're up to scratch. Keeps you nice and busy then. Um, what do you think the barriers are for new or aspiring health and safety practitioners? Um, I'd say the cost can be one of the biggest parts. Um, looking at it from myself, I think classroom learning, it can be over a £1,000 sometimes. That's obviously just for the UK. And I wouldn't say that's necessary, but obviously employers do look for that. Um, those from poorer backgrounds might struggle. Um, some nations, they're just not as developed when it comes to health and safety, so the availability of roles, it might not be there and in the same sort of area is the career progression available um, with health and safety it can really take you anywhere i think so language barriers they can be present if your employer works internationally or maybe you can plan to move country for the job um, i think one of the biggest problems you come across um, when you could class it as a barrier is the stereotypical view of health and safety professionals um I used to be one of those people that viewed health and safety professionals like that as a, as a warehouse operative. Um, but I've overcome that now and I've started to realise that as long as you're talking to these people, you're being friendly and approachable and you're actually making a difference in the workplace, you tend to overcome that quite easily. Absolutely. And what? so what do you think the positives of working in health and safety are? Um, I'd say one of the biggest things is there's always new knowledge to gain. Um, so you can always become more skilled through things like CPD, courses, mentoring. And I'd say that all falls under self-innovation. Um, it's quite a varied job. There's lots of different sectors you can work in with different sort of environments. Um, always something different. Lots of extra learning can be done. And you can even specialize. I know some people like to do fire safety, for example. Um, there's potential to work in different countries if that's the kind of thing that you like. Uh, I suppose later on, there's a chance to teach, coach, and mentor. I know IOSH themselves have their mentoring platform. 
Um, I'd say it comes with a lot of satisfaction, um, fulfilling workers' requests, talking, building relationships, mm. at the end of the day, keeping people safe. It makes you feel good. You're definitely selling it. Uh, Carly, what are you? have you been your greatest challenges and achievements in your career? So I would say that my greatest achievements would be, uh, particularly this year, being nominated for um, a couple of uh, awards, particularly focusing on women in construction. As I touched on earlier, I may be a health and safety practitioner, but I, I work within the construction industry. Um, so I've been nominated for two awards, which was very much uh, a pinch me moment, something that I wasn't expecting at all. Um, so being yeah nominated nominated for awards is one thing. Thank you. Nominated for awards is one thing. Um, I think there is a great sense of achievement when you're working with clients and when you've worked with them over a long period of time, say over a couple of years, and you remember how they were and how their attitude was towards health and safety and how they managed their health and safety when you first started working with them. And then as time goes on and the more you develop a working relationship with them, you can see and you can identify that their attitudes have improved and the way that they manage their health and safety within the workplace has improved. And that for me is a real sense of achievement, even though it may not necessarily be my achievement, it's my client's achievement, but I feel very proud to have helped them grow and develop and and improve their, their management of health and safety within their workplace. So I definitely say being nominated for the awards, seeing my clients and their businesses grow and develop and, and fostering better health and safety practices, um, and also being asked to give back to the health and safety community uh, on, for example, like this podcast is a really good example. Um, I've been invited to go to roundtable discussions, uh, board meetings for other um, organisations that encourage the next generation of health and safety practitioners and, 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 and how, how they can get into the industry, for example, and, and talk about our own experiences. So I would say they're definitely some of my achievements and highlights. Uh, in terms of challenges, and unfortunately still in 2023, it is still a challenge. Naturally, working in the industry that I work in, being a female is a challenge. And being a health and safety practitioner, like Matthew spoke about earlier, is a challenge. There's almost this sense of you have to double know what you're talking about, because the audience that I stereotypically work with uh, will try their hardest to make me fall at a hurdle because they think, oh, what do you know? You're you're 26 years old. You're a female. You don't know anything about construction, health and safety. It's like... No, I I do. You know, I've I've been in this game for nine years now. Um, I may not look like a, a typical um, a ground worker or a bricklayer or a, or a carpenter, but I've worked in this industry for for a long time, and I've I've honed in on my experiences and my skill set. And I think one of yeah the biggest challenges is 
is overcoming the hurdle of being a female and being a young health and safety practitioner. That in itself is a challenge and is something that I have to continue to overcome every single day at work. Um, it has changed slightly even over the past sort of nine years that I've been been working uh, in, in this industry and in, in, in this role. Um, but we have a long way to go. And I will continue to raise awareness, not only for women in construction, but for women in health and safety, for young people who want to go into the construction sector, into the health and safety sector as a whole. I will continue to raise awareness and break down those stereotypes that unfortunately we still see today. Perhaps I'm talking to a future uh, IOSH president. You never know. Uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are your ambitions? Oh, so in terms of my ambitions, um, I sort of keep them. I have work-related ambitions and I have personal-related ambitions outside of work. But in terms of work-related ambitions, I've got a few. So at the moment... One of my priority items is to uh, achieve chartership with IOSH, which is something that I'm in the process of doing at the moment. So um, I'm currently working through my skills development portfolio, soon to then do my peer review interview and hopefully pass that and uh, and hopefully hopefully re- receive chartered status, which will be lovely. Um, so you're currently working through that. I um, would also like to undertake further industry-specific qualifications, uh, particularly within the construction sector. So I've uh, undergone carpentry qualifications, bricklaying qualifications, um, plastering, tiling. I'm quite hands-on in terms of decorating and renovation outside of work anyway, so that comes in quite handy. But I think I'd like to further enhance my knowledge on... Um, groundworks and civils and the plant and vehicles that are associated with groundworks and civils. That's quite niche um, and quite specific, but that is an area that I'd like to delve a little bit more into. Um, And the third sort of work-related ambition is to become and progress as a better leader. It's something that I... And becoming more and more aware of naturally the older that I get and the more competent I become as a consultant, naturally um, the business that I work for, the consultancy that I work for is getting bigger. We are expanding and it means that I'm having to lead uh, other advisors and other health and safety practitioners. And it's not just within the team that I work for, it's also with my clients as well. So I hate using the word softer skills, but in terms of, for lack of a better word, the softer skill side of things, I'm definitely looking at ways in which I can become a better leader. So lots of reading of books at the moment, lots of listening of uh, podcasts and reading up on other leaders within the health and safety industry, particularly on, on how to improve that. So they're my ambitions. Wow. Well, I have no doubt that you'll achieve all of those. Um, you should look out for a new podcast series, actually, that we're launching in the new year with the incoming president, Stuart Hughes, who will be actually interviewing on this very podcast um, leaders from large businesses, SMEs, etc. 
um, just to kind of hear more how the CEOs of organisations value health and safety as well as sort of their health and safety um, directors that they employ. So look out for that one. Um, speaking of IOSH membership, Matthew, what value do you get out of being an IOSH member and how important is it to your career progression? Um, so as an apprentice, I've always I've got a lot to learn. Um, so I'll start with Blueprint. Um, the biggest thing for me is the amount of learning resources that are available. Um, if I remember right, there's over 900 pieces of content that you can go through, um, and it just meets just a wide range of people. Um, so if I ever get 15 minutes and I want to learn something new, I can hop on there and read something. Um, the CPD tracker that they have on there, it allows me to set, view, and review goals. Um, and I can go back and read to see how I've actually implemented my learning, see if I've stuck to things that I've written down. Um, one of the other biggest things is the mentoring platform that's available. A mentor's just been a huge help in developing not only me, but my ideas. Um, they give me lots of stories. They give me a good picture of successful health and safety practices from their experience. And my mentor has actually gone the extra mile. They re reviewed my CV and they give me advice how to actually write one, despite not even needing it. Um, so the industry groups and the local branch groups that are available, they have regular meetings, they host webinars, and it provides me with CPD and uh, my training hours. And it gives me updates on new legislation, new ideas, and there's also opportunities to volunteer there if you'd wish. Um, I can easily network. That's really good. Sorry. Sorry. I can easily network through the IOSH LinkedIn groups. Um, they give me access to the latest news. There's even potential career opportunities. Um, just, again, places to learn uh, from others' experience. Um, and there's the forums as well where you can get advice, opinions, stories from experienced professionals. Great for guidance and filling in gaps or misunderstandings on legislation. Um, hopefully, in the future, I'll be on there being the one providing the advice. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's really, really good that you're utilising all of those tools that are available to you. And sort of hopefully you'll get to a point where you can give back as well, like people have for you. So that's really good to hear. Um, speaking of that, actually, Carly, what advice would you give your younger self when you started out in your first health and safety role? This is such a good question. I love this question. Okay, so uh, what advice would I give my younger self? So. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give 18-year-old Carly is be curious and ask questions. Utilize the people around you at work and bounce off their competence and their experience, their skill set, their knowledge. You're you're surrounded with people that know their industry and as a fresh green 18 year old use them to your advantage in the nicest possible way obviously uh, to, to build up on your own knowledge <laughs> and your own skill set um don't be afraid to make mistakes because that is how we learn I think it's good to have goals I'd probably tell my 18 year old self to set some goals because that's something I haven't really utilized like goal setting until I was in my sort of mid 20s uh, so yeah I definitely tell 18 year old me to 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 write some goals down on a whiteboard or something in your bedroom and and stick to them so yeah soak everything up like a sponge ask questions 
have goals. I think when you're a young person, I think it's very easy to go with what everyone else is doing. You are naturally, I can speak for myself at that age, are very quite impressionable. And I think it's really important Mm. to stick to what you believe in. Don't be afraid to go against or to go down a different path to everyone else. Just because no one else is doing that path doesn't mean it's not the right path for you because you never know where that is going to lead you. And I, I can speak from experience. None of my friends have done what I've done, just like I haven't done what they have. But a lot of them at that age, when you are 18 years old, went to university and now at 26 years old are doing a job that some of them, their degrees relate to, but some of them may not. And I think it's it's okay not to go to university, but equally, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. So I think that's really important. I think that doubt and nerves are normal. It shows that you are passionate and that you care about what you do. And I remember when I was 18, 19, 20, I was very nervous that what the advice I was giving was was maybe wrong or I didn't know exactly what I was talking about. But you do. That's that imposter syndrome word that's going to come into, into play now. But you do know what you're talking about. Um, and that ties in quite nicely with believing in yourself. And I'm going to conclude with that one, because for me, that was the one bit of advice that I was lacking when I was 18 years old, 18, 19, 20. I had no self-confidence and no belief in myself whatsoever in terms of my um, career. And I wish I did. Um, Now I'm a little bit older, I can reflect on that and I'm more aware of it. But I would definitely say to my younger self, believe in yourself and don't rely on other people to believe in you because it has to come from within you. Some really good pieces of advice. Thank you, Carly. And thank you both of you for joining me on the podcast today. It was really, really interesting speaking to you. And uh, good luck with all your future plans. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next month for another conversation on all things health and safety.